Praise God. Let's get into the word. Uh, in the past weeks now, I've been talking, we've been talking about the gift of the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So today I'm going to be talking about the gift of the discerning of Spirit. You're about to enjoy the service. Please uh, fasten your seatbelts because we're going to have an exciting time this morning. Amen. So for, um, what are that pilot announcement do I need to make before the plane takes off? Amen. Right, so we're just going to say uh, a few words of prayer and then we get into it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for understanding by your spirit, spiritual revelation that you give us in your word and by your spirit. And as we go into the world this morning, Lord, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that our eyes of understanding will be enlightened, that we receive supernatural understanding concerning this topic in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I speak against every form of confusion in people's mind and heart. That as we uh, go through this uh, topic, this message, that confusion leaves the mind of people in the name of Jesus. That we receive clarity and people are able to take their life back from lies and deception of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. Praise God. So uh, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That has been the main uh, text, our main text since we started this topic. I can, this is week seven uh, talking about this. And I just want to believe that what I've been talking about, what we've been sharing has been a blessing to you guys. Amen. And today I'm going to be a blessing to you guys a lot in this area. Now, this is not a very big topic like the word of knowledge, but it is critical uh, and crucial. It is critical that believers know this and it is crucial to our spiritual development. Amen. So, First Corinthians twelve. I'm going to read one, uh, verse one and two. Let me see if I, I may continue, but let me just let me take that one first. Now, Paul speaking here to the Corinthian church. He said, "Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Right? I do not want you to be ignorant, because ignorance brings confusion." Ignorance leads to bondage, lack of understanding, if I want to put it, um, put it that way. Uh, because we can say ignorance is as lack of knowledge, but I also define ignorance as lack of understanding. Because something for you to have a head knowledge or be informed about a topic is for you to understand it. Because if you understand the word, uh, understand something, you, understand, you know what you should get out of it, how else you should work it. Then wisdom is when you then actually apply it. Right. And if you have good understanding, you know that you need to apply what you've learned, what you know. Right? You need to understand the reality, the truth, the reality of that topic, the reality of that situation. You know, not what um, CNN tells you about certain situation or what social media tells you about a situation. You have to dig deep into it. I was sharing with you guys about my health, you know, and you hear all manner of stuff from different blog sites about health. But there's more to it. So if you take your time to sit down and do your study, you will see that some people say some things about health and wellness based on what the product they want to sell. So if you don't have a good understanding, they'll be coughing money out of you because they want you to sell something. So ignorance puts, because, because they want to sell something to you, I mean. So ignorance keeps people in bondage. Ignorance brings confusion. Ignorance brings division. And I've seen, I've seen many instances, even in a very close family um, situation where 
the ignorance, the ignorance of a sister made her to think that our younger sister was a witch. Because some pastor said our younger sister was a witch. And I'm thinking, this lady has been living with you for over 10 years. There were no manifestations. She didn't kill you. She didn't do any kind of evil to you. But because you know she was having a problem in her life, and you took her to this pastor, and the pastor called her a witch, and you could not even, you know, look at things properly and say, you know what, it doesn't make sense. I can't, time will not allow me to go into in tons and tons and tons of examples of how pastors, prophets, ministers, you know, when you hear things like minister, this, minister, that, and I don't have a problem with them. I've caused problem in people's life, spoken evil prophets into people's life, and the recipient or the hearer have received it, acted on it, because they, because they, they lack knowledge. And to, the, to, okay, to make it kind of fair a little bit to the ministers in court and prophet, false prophet, fake prophet, a little bit, is that many people are gullible. Many people want the, they want the shortcut. They want the quick way. They, they want, they want, you know, many people think they can microwave their Christianity. Now, they want to live in microwave Christianity. And I was having a Bible study session with Shanice. We spent uh, one and a half hours on 10 verses. We started John 1, and uh, from one, I think we, yeah, we started at, we stopped at verse 10, and then um, we just begin to scratch the surface, one and a half hours. Amen. And she was like, Pastor, I never knew there's so much, re- you can read so much into the Bible. That was my, that was the icing on the cake for me. I was sharing with Jolomi. I said, that gave me joy to hear that a young girl could say, man, there's a lot in the Bible. Amen. So the Christian faith is not, you know, it's not you live any how life, Monday to Saturday, you show up in church for one and a half hours on Sunday. No, you're a Christian 24-7. I repeat, a Christian is a Christian 24-7. And let us be very clear, there's no such thing as my Christian life or my private life. Anybody who has a private life, different from their Christian life, they are not born again. It means they have not given their life to Christ. Because if you have given your life to Christ and you have made Jesus your Lord, you will not say, I have a life where I can live a reckless life and I have a Christian life. So the Christian life is life that people should see when you come to church on Sunday or when you're sitting with Christians. But you can act like the king of the kingdom of darkness on social media. We see them. And I'm not dig- having a dig at anyone. I'm just saying it as it is. So you cannot be, with all due respect, a sex worker on social media based on how you parade yourself and how you parade yourself among people and you say, you know, a pastor, you have, don't have the right to speak up about, about our private life. With all due respect, I love you, right? but don't come to TTC. Don't come to the Transformers Church because here I want to raise a people who have declared Jesus as their Lord and they follow Jesus as their Lord. I don't want to. Because the thing is, is when you don't give your life to Christ or make Christ your Lord, you have a double life. So which one will you manifest on Sunday? Amen. So ignorance. It's just scratching the surface. Yeah, so Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. So today I want to talk about the gift of the discerning of spirit. The discerning of spirit. Now let me quickly remind us that the gift of the spirit, as we read from verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, I think we should read that just to bring things back to our memory and then I try to, to quickly do justice to this. Right, so verse 7 of 1 Corinthians 12, NKJV. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of Spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but to one and the same Spirit uh, works all these things, distributing to each one individually as wills. For as the body is one, and as many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So let me try to break it down. So Howard Carter, he spent about 35 years, he's one of, uh, he's kind of, um, how do I, how do I uh, uh, I'll say he's a Christian scholar, put it that way. He spent, about, he spent over 30 years studying on the gift of the Spirit. And some of his work are the things I'm kind of like summarizing or kind of expounding to you guys. So Howard Carter broke down, you know, these nine gifts of the Spirit stated here into three categories. Revelation gift, which is spiritual gifts that reveal something. Power gifts, spiritual gifts that do something. Utterance or inspiration gift, And these are spiritual gifts that say something. So three categories there. Uh, revelation, review, power, which they do something. Right, so they heal, you know, gift of faith, miracles, and uh, utterance, right? And that is, they say something, say something about someone's life. And you can see how sometimes this, the manifestation of this kind of are intertwined or overlap, and we'll get into that later on. So we've looked at the word of wisdom and word of knowledge, word of wisdom to, re- to refresh our memory, supernatural revelation of God's plan and purpose, uh, and God's plan and purpose are rooted in Christ. He wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation that he has given to us, that all men may come into, into union, into fellowship uh, to himself. When I say all men, I mean humanity. And that is male and female. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of fact in the mind of God. And that has to do with people, place. And it is usually about a current situation going now, going on or uh, something, an event in the past. Amen. So, the, so it, when we talk about revelation gift, underneath that we have the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the signing of spirit. So we are still focusing on revelation gift, power gift, and um, utterance gift. We'll talk about those ones in coming Sunday. So revelation gift, word of wisdom, which is the review something. Word of knowledge, the discerning of spirit. I'm so excited about the discerning of spirit because I'm going to be busting some myth around the discerning of spirit. I've seen all manner of uh, uh, fickle, and um, there's a word I'm looking at, you know, spooky Christians, you know, ooh, praise the Lord. Those things just tick me up when I see them on social media and just, I just move forward. Amen. Right, so what is discerning of spirit? Before I get into the definition, let me, let's, look, let's try to do some definition here. So when you say discern, what comes to your mind? Because at work, you say you can discern. You know? and, and I don't mean to be rude or insulting this morning about some Christians that I meet or some unbelievers that I meet, and they're trying to 
sounds spiritual, you know. I can be discerning, you know. I can discern. You know, oh, my wife has this, she's able to discern, and the wife is not born again. And because they're not a Christian, so they're trying to also come up and look spiritual. All right, let's talk about it. So when he said discerning to, or, or to discern, so uh, let me give you a dictionary definition here. So discerning means to recognize or find out. Recognize or find out. And if you look at this definition carefully, you realize that it has to do with a person. It has to do with, um, it has the human effort involved in this. Because the, because the person have to you know, use information or facts or experience to differentiate things or to investigate something, to find something out. So that's what it means to be discerning. I mean, this is not discernment of spirit. We're just looking at, okay, what does discerning means generally? Don't forget, we do want to be ignorant. We want to know what discerning of spirit means. Uh, one thing you, always, you, will, you will notice from time to time is that the devil will always counterfeit what is in the word of God. And when believers don't have a sound understanding about true spiritual operations, the devil can deceive them. So, to recognize, to find out, and when we talk about this um, discernment, discernment in English is you know, that ability to judge. You go to some places and you can judge character, you can judge people based on body language, you can judge. And people on that basis think they're discerning and they think that's a discernment of spirit. You, you, you'll be surprised. As soon as, the more you get exposed, Mrs. Omo, I suppose I've had a lot of experience here, and Jasmine, uh, myself, Jolomi, and um, you know, Shanice might be the one who don't um, have um, much experience in this area because you guys are uh, okay, younger than us in a sense, or young, right? So... I want to throw a card. I want to throw. It. I want to throw the Gen X card, but uh, I will not throw it because we're still working on our. <laughs> so if you're watching us online, it's an inside gist. Don't worry about that, right? You may say you think what's he talking about, right? When you join us, you figure out a lot of stuff going on here. Amen. So we are a family. We are not um, a church building or an organization. So uh, I don't want to apologize, but that's how it is. How we live life, but you still get a message, right? But you know, this is how we run our show. Amen. So. Many Christian circles, you know, they tend to define discernment as judging, you know, and they start putting their nose in different things that's none of their business, and they call that discernment. Are they all right? Amen. All right. Jasmine is laughing now. Today starts it. <laughs> Amen. But, okay, what is discernment of spirit? So we've looked at discernment or discernment on the basis of a, hu- on a human basis. What is discernment of spirit? Now, simple. It's seen into the spirit realm. Seen into the spirit realm. And when we say is a is a gift of the spirit, we are saying, and you know, we read in the Bible that all of this gift of the spirit are the working of the Holy Ghost. One has same spirit. So that means that if a person were to sit into the realm of the spirit, it has to be by the enablement of the Holy Ghost. It has to be by the enablement of the Holy Ghost in this context. Now, I'm not saying people who are not Christians, who are not born again, don't see into the realm of the Spirit. They can. A lot of people can see into the realm of the Spirit. A lot of people are diabolical. A lot of people have gotten themselves into all manner of stuff, and they can see stuff. But I can tell you, such people cannot recognize the working of the Spirit of Christ in operation. 
They will always see a, they will always see something happen, but they cannot explain it. They can't understand it because they don't belong into our kingdom, and they don't have the spirit that we have. Right? And one of the, one of the most amazing things I love about the Holy Ghost is this: because the signing of spirits is by the Holy Ghost, He's not going to open your eyes to see things that will scare you. He's not going to open your eyes to see things that will put that will make you have sleepless night. This is one of the reasons why we say. Nobody can walk the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit by themselves. It's the walking of the Holy Ghost. Now, every one of us can operate in any gift, but the Holy Ghost will activate what is needed part-time. So people will believe that, you know, the night gift of the Spirit is in me, and I can manifest any time. And they should come in here and begin to show me the Spirit that operates in here. Why do they need to see it? Why do you need to be distracted about things operating the Spirit? Because the things in the Bible, you don't know them enough. Amen. And because of this ungodly and ungodly and undisciplined act in many Christian settings, many people just go into settings to spook and to look to put their nose in what is not their business and discern it. They come into your house and say, hmm, I can, I can discern the spirit of this. Seriously? Not in my house. You are the one who brought the serious spirit, so get out. That sounds mean, right? I'll say it again. And, uh, he said, when, when my family said it's not mean, so I mean I can, I can write more. It's not your business. When you come into my house, don't come to my house to come and start discerning some spirits that are not existing. Come in and fellowship. Well, most of the time I know such people, so I don't invite them to my house. Amen. As you guys walk with me, as I share more of my life with you guys, a lot of things you can pick from afar. There are some Christians that the first five minutes you spend with them, you kind of know who they are and what they think and how they think. So you just know that this one... I can meet you in a coffee shop for us to have a chat, but this one should not come into your home. Friends, people are spirit. People can bring into your home all manner of spirit, and I'm speaking fact. People can yield themselves to all manner of spirit. Now, okay, let me give you a tip. I'll say all the ladies that I felt somehow uncomfortable about them, they look nice, they can speak the word of God, but I just feel so uncomfortable. I'll tell you, all of them, behind the scenes, give themselves to something sexually immoral. I feel, I feel uncomfortable about them in a certain way. All of them. All of them. Not one of them. Not all of them. That, that I feel uncomfortable with them around things, around sexual kind of thing. You know, though they come around, they pray, they read their Bible, blah, blah, blah. But all of them, when it got to the point whereby, like, pastor, I need help. They all have something dodgy, fishing, ungodly that they're giving themselves to in sexual immorality. And when they come around me, I know. What I'm trying to say to you is this. Whatever you give yourself to in the secret, we create a field around you, a false field around you. We create a field where demons or clean spirit can operate. And people who are sensitive in spirit can pick these things. Amen. And even if they can't pick... Why do you want to be the one who carries strange atmosphere into people's lives and environment? So when I don't give myself to many filthy, ungodly things, it's not just for myself, but for other people's benefit. Whatever we do in secret or in open or in different categories of places, when I say category, I'm mixing things up here. There. Categories of different places, all of the above, right? In different settings, right? Whatever we do, because what I, what I actually mean is this. I'm looking at time. I, I thought I was going to smash this. Well, okay, let's carry on. What I mean is this. When some people are with Christian friends, they are Christian. But when we're there with some Christian in quotes friends, 
they are Christian quote friends. And when they are with ungodly friends, they are ungodly friends. And they do all manner of different things. So you can't be doing dodgy, unclean, unfeasible things somewhere. And you think when you come around your Christian friends, it's not going to affect the atmosphere. It will. We are spirits. Amen. So that's something for someone there. Uh, okay, okay, let's try to, me trying to do a good job. I do counsel people, you know, spiritual counsel. There are some situations that are very, very terrible, and I'll deal with it very easily in an hour over the phone. I mean, terrible situations. And when I finish dealing with situations, I'm not tired, I'm not exhausted. And there are some that are not chronic, they are not terrible. But after speaking to the person over the phone, you're just exhausted. And when you're speaking to them, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of struggle. You're trying to get things out. And it's, there's so many reasons behind all of that. But all most of the time have to do with the person you're speaking to. I've dealt with some cases that when I got to, I didn't even think about it. And I just went to bed. And I've dealt with some petty issues. And it was tough. And I felt so drained and exhausted after the conversation. And most of the time, it's because the other person speaking to you, they are funny, they are motive, they are dodgy, something is going on. So there's, not, there's no such thing as you're doing something in secret. Everything you do in secret have a consequence. They, they are affecting your life. I mean, they, every action is a seed. Everything is taking us somewhere. Either good or bad. So there's no such thing as I'm living a quiet Christian. I mean, I, nobody can see me. No, nobody can see you, but demons are playing with you. It is negative. Nobody can see you, but angels and the Holy Spirit are working with you. It is positive. Amen. I thank God for the privilege to raise a mature people, strong, vibrant people. Amen. My people aren't going to be fooled. Wait for Shanice. It will, it will shock you. <laughs> it will shock you when you tell her that, you know, <clears throat> I can see, sister. Hmm. Hmm. She's just filing her news. I'm, I'm waiting, I'm listening. Can I say, no matter how old a person is as a Christian, don't allow them to intimidate you. I guess, I mean, God has not called us to a life of intimidation. Okay, let, me, let me feel proud about it, proud a little bit here. You know, I've met a lot of men, but by God's grace, not many know as much as God has shown me in terms of the revelation, truth of life. And if I don't manipulate you guys or press you guys or make you guys feel like you are junior, you're, you are, you're inferior to me, then nobody should. I get to me. I challenged a lady one day. She was saying no manner of stuff. I said, okay, I, I don't like to pull this cap, but I'm going to pull it. I said, in your life as a Christian, I said, how many pastors have you heard what give you such sound doctrine that I share with you? She's not a member of the church. She's a friend. She, she follows us on, on, online. I said, how many? And so she was just quite quiet. Maybe she watched this one. She was like, Pastor, yeah. I said, how many? So I'm proud of what God has given to me. And I don't know anything yet. There are some, there are some things that I want to see in the Bible that I've not started seeing yet. Amen. But even with that, I don't intimidate my people or make them feel inferior. So nobody has a right. If your pastor will not make you feel inferior, nobody has the right to make you feel inferior to them. That's where I'm going. Amen. I think we're having a family meeting today. Right, so let's carry on. 
So discernment is ability to see in the spiritual realm. Hey, so this is where the gist is. So discernment of spirit is not seeing evil spirit. That's what I'm trying to say. Now that you go here and start looking, <laughs> spirit. No. When we say discerning of spirits, it means divine spirit, evil spirit. I think you're going to laugh today, right? Divine spirit, evil spirit, human spirit. And let me summarize it properly again. I've had more information to it. It's the Holy Ghost who enables you to see. So believers should learn to mind their business. Just come to Shosh and enjoy. Shosh, you know, that's how Nigerians pronounce it. In case you're feeling, Pastor, what's that? Church, right? Church, uh, church, Shosh. Shosh is a Nigerian way. Church is the English way, isn't it? Right. So just come to church and Shosh, you know, and just enjoy the fellowship of the, of the believers. So I'm saying that to say to you guys, you know, a time will come that, you know, I will not be able to speak with everybody in church because of, you know, as we grow in numbers. And these are, the, these are the values, these are the discipline that I want you guys to pass on to people. If you hear anybody come to the church and they put somebody aside, I did with the case recently, and they put somebody aside and start speaking all manner of demonic things to them, just call me on speed dial. And trust me, I will come like swat. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Brother, sit down there. Let's talk. Yeah, because they will come. I've met a few of them who have joined us online. They will come. Amen. And I want you guys to be very bold and very courageous. Some, don't, in this church, don't allow anyone to intimidate you. Some of you guys have been following me for two years. If I've not made you feel inferior for any reason, no one should come in one day and make you feel inferior. And that's why I don't ordain dicking on dickiness in this church. So if anybody wants dicking on dickiness, you have come to the wrong place. It is team and team lead. Amen. Somebody may have a problem with that. that Pastor, you are, for, you are anti-Bible. Don't let us go there. Amen. So the signing of spirits is not the signing of evil spirit. The question is, why are you looking for evil spirit all the time? Why not the spirit of God? Why evil spirit? Spirit. Praise God. So uh, let's quickly talk about some things that the, that the signing of spirit is not. So it's not the signing of evil spirit, like I've said. It's not mind reading. Some people sit down with you and say, I know what she's thinking. I have this thing. I have this gift of the signing of spirit. I can tell what she's thinking. No, no, no. What people are thinking is none of your business. Why do you have to read people's mind? It's not mind reading. It's not psychological insight. Some people, because they've studied psychology and body language, they just say, but they will not tell you psychological insight. But they're like, I can discern that you're not happy about something. Really? That's, that discernment is natural discernment. It's not natural judging. That's not discernment of spirit. Some people are good psychologists. They can read body behavior and, and get fact out of you. And they go, because they can, because their predictions of what you're thinking or your, or your attitude are accurate, they can sell themselves in the church as, uh, as having a discerning spirit. And people just say, that person have a gift to discern, can discern people's behavior, you know, can just tell their lies. I repeat, the Holy Ghost is one who opens our eyes to see into the realm of the Spirit. It's not, it's not a manifestation whereby you look around you and you use your senses. It's a spiritual revelation. Amen. And um, it's not the ability to judge, uh, judge characters. You know, this is, you know, because I'm very discerning, you know, 
Um, so um, I can tell when somebody's melancholy. I can tell when somebody's really. You hear her manner. You know, I've been to different churches and I've seen her manner. I get me, and it's it can be sad that with all due respect, many pastors, lead pastors, are ignorant, and they allow those things to fly in the church. It's not flying here. You already know anyway. And it's not fault finding. You know, some people, what they're always looking for is hmm, something that is not right, something that's not working. I can understand this. That home, the, the husband and wife are not happy. What's your business with husband and wife not happy? Can you see why we have a lot of problems in the church? Because these things I'm sharing with you are things I've experienced. Can you see why we have problems in the church? Because people don't know how to mind their business. How to mind their business or what to face. Or no, don't even know their business. Many people don't understand why we come to church. Many people see church as a place for them to come and ex, you know, manifest their ego, power, get recognition. It ain't happening here. It ain't happening here. No. Let's carry on. So like I said here, not all wrongdoing are demons. Now let's get that right. So let's go to Galatians 5.19. This, this particular one, I feel the Lord wanted me to deal with it. Galatians 5.19. So guys, if you can give me five minutes, let's smash this one and we go on. I might even be on time. I'm not sure. Right, Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, uh, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you before and just as I just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, the, Paul is not saying people who have issues in this area will not inherit the kingdom of God. We'll talk about that later on. But he's talking about sinners who are sinners by nature, who are not saved. Because this is the identity of many sinners, right? The spiritual identity, the spiritual condition. But if you look at what the Bible says, but for the believer, it's saying here that this is the works of the flesh. The works of the ungodly, unrenewed mind, our unrenewed mind after we give our life to Christ. Because of time, I'm trying to rush, but let me slow down a little bit. Um, let me remind us very quickly. When we give our life to Christ, we became new in our spirit. But many parts of our mind is still thinking the way we've always thought before we give our life to Christ. And that's why Romans chapter 12, verse 2, tells us that we should not be conformed to this word any longer. We should, but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that tells us that we should no longer see ourselves as people of the world, conducting our lifestyle as people of the world, but we should change the way we think. We should acquaint ourselves with our new identity in Christ, knowing who we now are in Christ and how we should behave, understanding the character, the trait of the new man in Christ, the new woman in Christ, so that we begin to educate ourselves in line so that we can begin to act like God wants us to act. Or act like we should act. And for a person who is born again, who is Christ-like in their spirit, everything that is opposite this is what these sins and these behaviors that I've listed here is the opposite of who they are. So instead of hating the love, you know, instead of fornication and adultery, they choose not to hurt people. Friends, adultery hurts people. Adultery hurts people. I mean, breaks people's homes. Many times when some men are thinking adultery, they are just thinking of what is good for them, what's, what's, what will feel good for them. But they don't think of another person's home that will be broken and the children that we, 
that would that would feel bitter and you know husbands or wise heart broke. They don't think about they're just thinking about themselves. Amen. And jealousy, hard boss, name it. I can show you from Bible and from life application, life, uh, life experience, how this behavior, these things here, affect people and ultimately affect the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, and not just the person. Sometimes people say, you know what, as long as nobody's hurt, a lot of people have been hurt because the time you spend to give yourself to the devil, you cannot yield yourself to God, to be used by God to bless other people. So for a believer to say they can live any kind of lifestyle, I mean, they are costing the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, a lot. Some people are about to commit suicide because they are giving themselves to that kind of dirty, ungodly things. They can't even pick it in spirit to call that person or to pray for that person because they're so absorbed in their own lifestyle. So to say sinning would not, to say nobody gets out, you know, you can do whatever you want to do as long as no one is hurt, is it is a statement from the kingdom of darkness, from the pit of hell. And it's a statement, an ideology that has populated the, uh, the, the media space. So for, the, for, for people of the world, you know, they may say they want to do stuff as long as people, no one is hurt. But once you are born again and you're in Christ Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15 tells you that your life is now to be lived unto Christ, not unto yourself. Amen. So I feel the Lord wants to speak to someone regarding this. So I'm going to just talk about it, then I shut down. So most of the time when the so-called the signing of spirits people are trying to look for faults in other people, and they say, you know what, this, uh, say for instance, somebody has issues with adultery, and or, you know, they, maybe they're casting over or something. You know what they're going to say? Some people say, you know what, there's a spirit of adultery in this person. Many times it's not spirit. It's that person who have not dealt with their flesh. Many times it's brokenness in the people's life that we need to talk to them. Many times it's because the person do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. There are sins I don't participate or do anymore. Not because I want to score points with God. No, it's because I know that that's not my identity. I'm too big for this. Because when the believer can see who exactly they are, there are some things that will not make you, that you lose appetite for certain things. Because you see those things disgusting compared to the beauty that you carry. You know, when we girls, young girls are sleeping around or messing about, or they are trying to, you know, strip themselves so that they can get attention, all those things, all this, at the root of this, for, I'm talking about Christian girls. I, though many of them on Instagram will say, I'm a lover of God, God is my father, kind of stuff. So we, we have a problem there. If you know God is your father and you are bought blood, you are blood bought, you will not strip yourself on social media to get attention of all man of godly people because that attitude, that stripping, that message of loss that you communicate is not a message of the kingdom that you belong to. It's not our message. We are not sexy. Let's get it straight. The Christian is not sexy. I repeat, in case you didn't hear it, the Christian is not sexy. And I don't like that word used in the church, though I hear many pastors use it. Do you know what it means? To be, to prove, get your phone and, 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 and check the, the definition. To stir up sexual desire, in, to arouse sexual desire in other people. Because, and I know dictionary has helped you to a very much extent and make life easier for you. They say something attractive, something beautiful. But when you want to dress sexy, what, what is the actual intention? To see and to lust after you. All those flirting and those things. 
A Christian girl had an issue with me when I talked about flirting. I said, if you don't flirt, so how would you get a guy? That we'll talk about it later when I meet with single, uh, when I have my singles meeting. A Christian is not sexy. A Christian is godly. A Christian is a child of God. A Christian communicates the message of life. Because that's who we are. Now, can you see what I'm talking about? Because when a lady wants to be sexy, it means that she does not know who she is, what she carries. Because you're not supposed to be sending sexy message. You're supposed to be sending gospel message that gives life. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because the power of God. Let's go there. I'm too excited. Romans 1.16. Sorry, guys. Romans 1.16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ so that you don't think I, I cooked up. He said, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It's the power of God that brings healing, deliverance. We are all carriers of the gospel and we should be preachers of the gospel. Everything about you should communicate life. Everything about you should be such one that God can walk through to heal people, deliver people. So when you want to be sexy and you go out sexy, mate, how can God walk through that to heal someone who is under demonic oppression? Come on, let's think. Or are you not yielding yourself to the devil to be used to feed the lust of many people? To even heighten the, the weakness in other people? You are going to church, you are thinking of a particular guy you want to seduce. And you come with your tight bomb and everything, everything front and back tight. You guys know that I don't condemn people, right? I'll take the first Sunday. I'm going to take the second Sunday. First Sunday, we'll talk about it. I say, you know, if you don't mind, uh, I can see that some guys are getting distracted when it comes to church. But can you? Because you, when these guys are going for, when they, they, they will, if they are going to, the, to, to visit the queen, you will not dress that way. If you are going for an interview, job interview, you will not dress that way. So for somebody to tell me that that's their own lifestyle of dressing, they're a liar. They are a liar. Yeah, Jasmine, yeah, I made them. I made them. So, no, this is my dressing style. Come to my office for interview in that dressing style. Just come. And then we'll have a conversation. Because once I see you, I, might, I, might, I can choose to cancel the interview because I, I, I'll tell you, I'm not comfortable. Why should your breast be falling now? Because, to, 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 before, I mean, I'm sitting down and the force is pulling my mind towards your chest. Guys, that's how it happens. Because... We are sexual beings, but we are not sexy. Why? I sit down with you and your legs are shy, coming out and I'm now saying the blood of Jesus. I'm looking left and right. Why do you want to make me feel uncomfortable? So I have the right to cancel the interview. What I'm talking about now is a special message to someone. Because when God you know, stuck it out, I said, I'm going to do a good job on that one. Amen. So going back to the spirit of adultery, it doesn't exist in many instances. Now, what I did not say is this. I did not say that demons don't try to influence people to act crazy. But most of the time, the weakness in our flesh is what the enemy, the devils, try to hijack to make us hurt people. And if you read that very well, it says the work of the flesh. It didn't say the work of God. 
So when a person loses their home due to adultery and stuff like that, some people say, you know what, God has a plan and purpose. Please don't allow the spirit of prayer come upon me. Because such people sometimes, you just feel like taking them to the Isle of Patmos and pray for them for 17 hours. Somebody's marriage is broken. You're telling me God has a plan and purpose for you. God wants to teach him a lesson. Are we well? No. Such thinking is wrong. Somebody has issues. One party had issues with immorality or low self-esteem or whatever it is. And then they went to do something they're not supposed to do. And something is happening here. So God has no part in it. As we can see in the Bible here, the Bible calls it works of the flesh, not works of God. Talk about rape. Talk about anything there. They are the works. They are the weakness and the brokenness in human beings. They are the operation of sin in human beings, not the operation of God. So if somebody rob you, somebody do whatever, don't say God did that to teach you a lesson. I don't want to hear it. Somebody saying that pastor is so mean on his members. No, 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 no. They, 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 they are used to this, right? So I'm, I'm just being charged. Amen. Good on. All right. So, <clears throat> so uh, to to complete that, and then we try to wrap up. Let's look at Colossians three, one to five. So, if you are looking at your mirror tomorrow, and the thought says, "Don't you look sexy?" He said, no, 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 no. I look godly. Man, I look godly. I don't advocate. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm violently, aggressively is the right word, aggressively against sexual assault and things like that. But girls too should not call for it. Don't go to someone's house. Don't go to a place that is, you don't know the kind of human beings are there. I think let's clarify it. Guys and guys, get this right. People have works of the flesh. People operate in these works of the flesh. Their head is not correct. A lot of people, to a very much extent. Now, if you, if you act and look inviting to them to feed the weakness and the madness in them, you make yourself vulnerable to attacks. So I, I'm not condoning or excusing the madness of the other person, but I'm saying that if you fit the criteria of somebody who should be treated in a certain way by the messaging those people have received, you put yourself in arm's way. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Colossians 1, 3, 1 to 5. Now, if you were raised with Christ, watch this. If, you were, if, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, not sexy, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, can I even ask, if Jesus was standing here next to you, many of you, can you dress the way you dress? Can you say, hey, Jesus, look at me. And then Jesus will not slap your face. Colossians 3, 1 to 5. This is a message from God. I mean, I didn't, this is not my style. I'm very, very nice. Yes, no, I'm very, very nice. Right. Colossians 3, 1 to 5. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on, of the, on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth. What are they? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
Now, you know, when he stopped in verse 5, it's not that that's the only list. It's because the guy ran out of breath. Because if you were to write, it will, it will give you 20 full scarf sheets. Full scarf. I'm speaking to Nigeria. I'm kind of speaking Nigerian this morning. <laughs> it's going to run. It's because the full scarf sheet is longer than the A4 paper. Yeah, I think it's slimmer than A4, but longer. You will write full. You know, some people say, is it written in the Bible? Where is it written in the Bible that this sin? You should, when you hear such things, you should be thinking, what is the intention and the motive of the person? They're trying to justify the wickedness in their heart. If anything is going to make someone else feel uncomfortable, it's going to hurt somebody else. You should not be thinking in the Bible. You should not be asking me that unintelligent question that where is it written in the Bible? Is it the right thing to do? Even from a moral standpoint, is it the right thing to do? Amen. Hey, I'm sure you're enjoying this service. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells us that what I'm trying to share here, which I feel like, believe God wants to say someone here, is that these things are works of the flesh. Most of the time, they are not an evil spirit. So if a person is struggling in this area, they should not be thinking they need to cast the spirit out of them. As a believer, if the spirit, if a demon is operating in that area, you can cast them out. But if your mind and your emotions and your body are still gravitating in that direction, there's more work to do. To cut, if, the, if, if adultery or something, or rape or something like that, is demon ruled, to cast that demon out is not difficult. But you realize that even after you cast the demon out, sometimes the person, their mind still goes in that direction. So not everything is spiritual. So when people go to places and people begin to say that they can discern a spirit of this, a spirit of jealousy, a spirit of envy. Are we thinking right? These are works of the flesh, works of the unrenewed part of us, our unrenewed mind, the attitude, the behaviors that we inherited from the sinful nature before we give our life to Christ. Amen. Finally, I want to say, we should not seek to be led by the signing of spirit. People should not go around looking for, the Bible says in the book of Romans 8.14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. People should not always go looking for, trying to descend the sand. The word of God is there enough for you. The Holy Ghost is at work on the inside of you. If you take, spend time, fellowship with the Holy Ghost in the word of God, when you enter certain places, you can tell when something is not right. Not always wanting to see. And, and that's because of all the lies and the fallacy, uh, all the lies and the, all the lies and deception in the body of Christ, let me put it that way, that I was, why I'm calling these things out. The word of God is enough for you. Study the word of God. When a man of God is preaching by a wrong spirit, to a very much extent, you can pick it by the word of God because there will be covetousness, there will be selfishness. Just listen carefully. Even the Holy Ghost inside of you just say, no, something's not right. If you need to see into the realm of the spirit, you don't need to work it out. The Holy Ghost will work it himself. And an example of um, such manifestation was when Papa Egan uh, was praying for someone who had cancer and his eyes was open to see a kind of a monkey sitting on the person's, on that side of that person's body and he spoke to that thing to get out and that cancer left them. So to a very much extent, don't forget the Bible says that the manifestation of the spirit, this gift, is for the profit of all. So the pastor cannot read, sometimes we can't deal with certain situations, we're just thinking, Lord, what's going on, what's going on? And you open your eyes to see what's actually happening in the spirit realm. Nobody else will see that. And sometimes nobody else will hear that voice, but you will know. And it's not for you to, it's not, it's not, God is not telling you to make yourself, to publicize yourself or to amplify your, your fame. 
but to take action. So the question is, when people tell you about some kind of honest experience, for, to, what, to what intention, to what motive, to what end goal? Amen. And when we talk about the sentiment of spirit, things that you can discern, you can, you can discern the operation, discern the operation of Jesus in a place. When Jesus comes in by the spirit and manifests himself, your eyes just be open. And it's not like it's not there. Your eyes be open to see. You see, God has many reasons why, I mean, Holy Spirit has many reasons why you know, it, it activates those gifts in people. Right. Sorry, guys. I know we're out of time. It has a reason why it activates those gifts in people. And I don't know. I, 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 and I don't even, I don't, I don't seek the sign of spirit, to be honest with you guys. If I need to see things, the Holy Spirit will help me see things. But I don't start looking. I go by the word of God. I go by the Holy Ghost. I go a lot, mostly by the word of knowledge. What's going on? I ask questions. I ask the Holy Spirit questions. And it tells me stuff. And if I need to see it, open my eyes to see it. Amen. So please don't allow people to fool you about or deceive you about this gift of the Spirit. Um, please, let's ensure we focus on being led by the Word of God and by the, word, by, by the, by the Holy Ghost inside of us as opposed to looking out for the Son, um, looking for Spirit. If there's anything you need to see in the Spirit realm, the Holy Spirit will, will show you. So also one of the things I know that Holy Spirit will do, can do sometimes is... If, if you are in doubt of the operations of a demon or clean spirit in a particular Christian setting, right, to protect you, you can open your eyes to see that. Don't join them. And it will show you the, the spirit. It will open your eyes to see in the realm of the spirit the demons and the demonic force operating in that church or operating in that setting. I get me. It's always for our own good to benefit believers. You know, sometimes it will show you so that you can want some believers not to go and meet them there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're gonna, we're just gonna have, we're gonna have our, our catch up now. Just go around the table. Um, I that blesses you guys. I have more to share with you guys, but let me let's let's leave it there. I'll, I'll give you guys a lot to to talk about. All right. So guys, um, this Wednesday is the last week for Transformers Connect. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Transformers Connect. So guys. Um, I'm going to be doing something around the area of strife. Please, please, uh, please clear your, clear your diaries. Let's, let's, make it, let's make it to that meeting on, on Wednesday. Uh, and um, I'm glad to hear, you know, I'm just going to challenge all of you guys. We're talk, we've been talking about the power of godly relationship in the past three weeks. You know, she started acting on it straight away. She, started, she called her friend and she's working on a godly relationship. And I'm going to ask you guys, how many of your friends have you had conversation with to, I mean, on... Improving your relationship uh, for godly relationship. All right. I can see faces, right? Okay. Uh, um, so what else again do I need to announce? So next Sunday, no, next Sunday. So on Sunday the 18th, we're not meeting face-to-face. We'll be meeting online, right? So um, yes. So don't, call, don't turn up on Sunday the 18th, right? But if I don't see you online, so we'll meet on Zoom if you would like to be part of uh, that um, online service, uh, I'm probably going to share flyers and also reach out to us. If I don't see you on Zoom, and I, and I discern by the Spirit that you're making coffee. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We, we, we appreciate you, Lord, for how you open our eyes to see things. Father, we thank you for your protection of ours. Thank you, Father, for your care, for your guidance.